time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! Oh man, it would have been awesome if the thunder struck, like uh, right there. It's thundering where Joseph is. It is It is thundering hard, yeah. Oh man, missed opportunity. <laughs> Come on, thunder. Anyway, this is a show where we wake up with a Saturday morning sun, or storm in this case, plop down in the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. <laughs> That's thunder. <laughs> that wasn't my mouth. That was real thunder, not Chris's mouth real. at all. <laughs> Super real. And this morning, we watched Freakazoid with an exclamation point. You have to put it there or else it loses all effect. Yeah, you can't pull it up on IMDb without the exclamation point. It'll just say, nope, you're looking for nothing right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not a real search. Nope. That's not a real word. Did you mean anything else? <laughs> Did you mean anything? <laughs> yeah. Because you got nothing. Anyway, so Freakazoid! Exclamation Point aired from 95 to 97, created by Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, developed by Tom Ruger, produced by Steven Spielberg under Amblin Entertainment and also Warner Brothers Animation. There were two seasons, 24 episodes. They completed one full season and like a little bit of the second season before it was canceled due to low ratings. It aired on the WB on Saturday morning, so on the kids' WB. And for a short synopsis, Washington, D.C. has a new defender, Freakazoid. The comedy and sanity never stops when he's around. <laughs> That's dumb. When he's around. <laughs> it's really... That's the worst pitch I've and, ever heard. And he's only one of the weird heroes of the series. It's oh. better than a nice tub of good things. Man, that was awful. What? Who wrote this? That's terrible. That was a top build synopsis on IMDb. Oh, good lord. That's terrible. That's that's like when somebody writes the best like laffy taffy joke. It's still <laughs> it's still garbage. It, it's still yeah, it's still a terrible joke. Uh so Chris, who are some actors in this show? All right. Hold tight, because I got a bunch. Not that there's not like a whole lot of big main characters, but a lot of the tertiary characters are really cool. So, without further ado, uh, Freakazoid was voiced by Paul Rugg, and he really got his start in the WB-produced cartoons. And now he's doing a lot of Disney and Nickelodeon stuff, but he really started off with like Animaniacs and this show and Pinky and the Brain. Um, so yeah, he got his start basically here with this show. So that's pretty cool. Freakazoid's alter ego, Dexter Douglas, was voiced by David Kaufman, who often voices Jimmy Olsen in any DC cartoon and Johnny Storm in any Marvel cartoons. Hmm. And then Dexter's mom, Debbie Douglas, was voiced by Tress McNeil, which we've talked about her several times in this uh, show before. Um, very well-known voice actress. Uh, his dad, I just put him in just because I want to say his dad's name because his dad is Douglas Douglas, <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, he was voiced by John P. McCann. Freakazoid's girlfriend, Steph, voiced by Tracy Rowe. Cave Guy and Candlejack were voiced by Jeff Bennett, who is better known um, in his career as Johnny Bravo. He was the voice of Johnny Bravo in the self-titled cartoon. Oh, sweet. And in lots of the other Cartoon Network cartoons. I mean, he was he had a part in, like, pretty much everything, but that was his big one was Johnny Bravo. Nice. 
The character of the Lobe was voiced by David Warner, who's a famous British actor in television and in theater. So that's pretty cool. Another famous actor, the character Armando Gutierrez, was voiced by Ricardo Montalban, the original Khan from Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freakazoid's cat, Mr. Chubkins, voiced by Frank Welker. Oh, <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, the character Roddy McStew was voiced by Craig Ferguson. And the character Sergeant Mike Cosgrove, who's my favorite character of the entire show, was voiced by Ed Asner, which yeah. is super awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah, Cosgrove was the, the character that I always remembered aside from Freakazoid, because he would always be like, hey, Freakazoid, you want to go get to a, go get a burger from the Steiner? And like, he would just kind of stop the entire plot and then they would just go like eat or hang out at a fair and just be hanging out being buddies and then he would be like oh you know you should probably go stop this bad guy yeah and then he would get back on track but that that was always my favorite part of the show yeah he's just like hey freakazoid want to go to the honey harvest festival and then <laughs> right they, he's like do i and then they would go there even though Freakazoid was supposed to be saving someone. He would always take a break to go with Cosgrove to wherever he was. And it's real funny because when I was watching this again, I was like, he kind of sounds like Ed Asner a little bit, but there's no way that's him. But yeah, apparently it is. Uh (laughs) That was him. And it was perfect. It kind of looks like him, too. Like the character of Cosgrove looks kind of like Ed Asner. Yeah, it's like he was designed after him. I, I bet it was, too. So. It was good. It was really good. So for a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of Freakazoid cereal, Bruce Tim initially intended this to be a straightforward superhero action adventure cartoon with comic overtones, but executive producer Steven Spielberg asked series producer and writer Tom Ruger and the Animaniacs team to turn Freakazoid into a flat-out comedy. Yeah, they did it. Yeah, so, so that kind of drove, not drove Bruce Tim away, but it made him take like a really background participation in this show as a whole. So it wasn't, even though it was created by Bruce Tim and Paul Dini, like they, after the fact, really had nothing to do with it once it started airing because it wasn't what they originally intended. You know, that kind of made sense because as we started watching the first episode, like the way it sets up, it makes, and there's a specific joke that kind of lends itself that kind of hinted that they may have had a hand in it. And, uh, yeah, like I, I got that vibe, but then, you know, yeah, it went really, really silly. So I can see why they kind of backed away from it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like when I saw that Bruce Tim was attached to it, I was like, really? I, I don't see it. And then it makes sense now after reading yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, also, Dexter Douglas, his name is derived from other superhero alliterative names like Bruce Banner, Peter Parker, ones that have two of the same letter. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emmett Nervind, the weird looking guy with like the long, like strained neck that you see in like the opening credits oh, and stuff. Yes. Yeah. He's like a hidden uh, Where's Waldo type character in the series. And he will be placed throughout the episodes. And then at the end credits, it always tells like how many times he appears in an episode. Really? Yeah. So it's like uh, almost like a a seek and find of that dude, Emmett Nervin. (laughs) He's so creepy. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. doesn't really say anything. He just kind of is there in the background. Yeah, he doesn't really like I don't think he ever really moves much and he never talks. He's just this really creepy looking dude. (laughs) Yeah. For any kids who want to try this at home, the sequence of keystrokes that triggers the bug in the pinnacle chip responsible for turning Dexter Douglas into Freakazoid is, and I quote, at sign left bracket equals sign G3 comma 8D right bracket right slash ampersands FBB 
equals minus Q right bracket left slash HK percentage FG. And that happened because the cat Mr. Chubkins walked across his keyboard. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, and then he has to press delete to trigger it, so, which right. of course you would do after someone mashes your keys. Yep. Right. For anybody who wants to try it at home, I can't promise it'll work, but there it is. So Chris, do you have any memories of this show? I'm, I'm sure you do. Oh yeah, I have a lot of memories of this show. I, I watched this all the time as a kid. This was probably one of my favorite cartoons during that era that it was airing. The Kids WE had a block of just fantastic cartoons like this. I mean, they had everything, Animaniacs and those tie-ins like Pinky and the Brain. Earthworm Jim was another one. There's a whole bunch more, too, that we just, like, I'm not going to get into. But this was, like, almost kind of a golden era. I'm going to say this was, like, the silver age of cartoons for me. The golden age being, like, Transformers, Ninja Turtles stuff. And then this kind of came later. And I loved this stuff. So I was always watching Freakazoid. So great, great cartoon. Obviously stuck in my mind because I really wanted to do this one. Yeah, good things. Stuff. Watching. <laughs> Good things and the stuff and the watching. <laughs> My memories of Freakazoid are really like incredibly very somewhat vague. I, I mean, I remember his I remember the theme song. I remember him being all in red and I remember him doing like heavy impersonations of Jerry Lewis throughout the show. But past that, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to tell you much about the show as a whole. Even after watching a few episodes, I'm still just like what like i don't i don't necessarily know <laughs> what the plot is or what's going on or what his powers are or anything i guess he's strong uh, i know he can't fly there's not a whole lot of plot yeah <laughs> that i that i'm aware of D does he say freak in to transform back or freak out to transform back he says freak in to transform back, back to douglas Dexter. or Dexter, yeah, yeah. And freak out to turn into freakazoid that makes sense okay because he's letting the freak out oh <laughs> of course <laughs> uh, I remember the show, but not too much. It wasn't my favorite show back then. But let's go ahead and jump into the three episodes we watched for today's show. Very first episode, highest rated episode, and finally, random listener chosen episode. Order may vary depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course, we have to start with the very first episode being, well, it's kind of a three-parter, five-day forecast, Dance of Doom, and Handman, season one, episode one. These episodes have just like a whole bunch of little segments, at least some of them do. It's just kind of a mishmash of stuff and... Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll have a theme that kind of carries through each one of them. But I, this one was just kind of like all over the place, I think. Yeah, this it was, was enjoyable. Was, was madness. I love the in, the intro, the, the weather thing, where it's just Freakazoid just saying all these terrible things like earthquakes, explosions, tornadoes. And he's all dramatic and he like just screams. And then he's like, and that's your weather forecast. <laughs> and he's like actually just giving the weather report on the news. <laughs> that's a weird way to open the series. But I guess it kind of gives you a tone of what to expect, which is the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. That kind of jumps us over to Dance of Doom, this, the main part of this, um, this episode, which is it has the, the monkey, or not monkey, he's a cave, cave guy. guy. Who is just a very, he's he's a very literate, well-spoken caveman who's kind of waspy. And I subscribe to the New Yorker. Yeah, he he's like a Thurston Howell from Gilligan's Island. Or if you've ever seen Trading Places, he's like the really high-class ritzy kind of people. I love his character. My favorite gag in this entire uh, first episode, though, is the Batman joke. I love the Batman joke. 
because they're talking about like they're talking about cave guy and it shows like the the bruce tim paul dini kind of silhouetted like really dark batman like beating up a crook on top of a roof and batman and the crook kind of just look at the camera like what <laughs> and then it cuts <laughs> to freakazoid that was pretty good yeah other than that i'm trying to think of what cave guy actually did i mean i think he like robbed a bank or something and he's on the run yeah, and he sees that the the dance going out at the school, so he decides to go there and take hostages. We get introduced to his parents, which there's some funny kind of gags there. Like his mom is just so cookie cutter, like 1950s, like Leave It to Beaver kind of mom. Oh, we 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 get to see him. Like she's like, "Why aren't you at the dance?" And then he <laughs> has memories of like asking these different girls to the dance, That's right. and the excuses that they make. One of them is like, "I would rather be dead." Uh, (laughs) yeah one said that she had to either get her hair done or i don't know do homework or something i can't remember and but she was like one of those yeah and one of them just had to get something removed can't do it dex gotta get something removed (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah he he's stuck at home and at this point i mean being the first episode we don't know i i guess the intro tells us kind of how he is turned into freakazoid but we don't actually see it happen like That's i don't kind of i didn't weird. know they at do that like point. an origin story later in yeah the series. yeah because i didn't know at that point that he actually had the powers until he's like freak out and just does his thing to go stop cave guy for that though i love um because his mom is always talking about making food which it's kind of a joke that stems from those 1950s tv shows because the women are always just always just either cleaning or they're making food yeah so his mom was talking about stuff, and then um, I think his dad said something about pizza rolls, but then he's like, but your mother ate them all. And, like, obviously the dad's just super pissed about these pizza rolls because of the scowl he gets on his face and, like, looks at her. It was like, and she's just all smiling and happy. Because it was, like, 24 pizza rolls or something. <laughs> yeah. And apparently she ate all of them, and he's pissed. You can't just eat one. Come on. <laughs> He goes, he, he starts going after cave guy cause he wants to save the, the school, mm-hmm. but he runs into Cosgrove and he's like, Hey, you want to go get a mint? So then oh, they yeah. go somewhere and you know, they eat a mint. I guess it's just a mint. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, then he's like, Oh, by the way, cave guys over holding uh, all the students hostage. You should probably get over there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that they did that really has no big impact on the story, but they do a callback later that pays off, and I thought it was funny, was during that time period, while they're eating their mint, they show this creepy guy in a trench coat and a hat walking around with this pocket watch, this mystical pocket watch, and he goes to a pet store, and his pocket watch has the power to turn beavers into gold. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, then that's kind of it. They they make it sound like it's going to be something sinister is going to happen later, but... Basically, just what happens is Freakazoid ends up beating Cave Guy, but then this guy comes out of the woodwork and he's like, "Do you want to see something mystical and strange?" <laughs> and Freakazoid's just like, "No!" <laughs> and yeah. just starts yelling at him, and the guy gets like so like scared and he's like cowering and like <laughs> trying to crawl away, and Freakazoid's just like ripping him a new one, just yelling at him and all kinds of crap. Yeah, some, something <laughs> funny about that is originally he was just supposed to say no and that was it. But then the the guy who played Freakazoid just kind of went on a tangent and they really? kept it all in. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect because that was hilarious. 
Like that was a really, really good gag too. You know, that that to me, like that was kind of annoying to me for some reason. I don't know if I was tired when I was watching the episode, but I was like, <laughs> come on, just wrap it up. Like I, I liked that, but there was other parts of this episode that annoyed me. Like whenever he did his like Jerry Lewis kind of like songs and stuff, like I was getting really annoyed because his voice was just so obnoxious. Wait, which part? I'm trying to remember that. It's part. like when he's in the gym fighting Cave Guy, and he's like sitting on his head and he's singing something. Oh yeah, I and I was like, oh, this is awful. Just yeah. stop. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the part <laughs> I'm thinking of that really annoyed me. It yeah, could have been both probably. though. I don't know. <laughs> it could have been both. And then after that, they do um, oh, this little right. bit where the Animaniacs sing a song called Freakazoid and Friends, which was pretty funny. They mentioned Freakazette. She's never mentioned again yeah, never or shown in the series. Yeah, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's Freakazoid sung to the Animaniacs tune, basically. So Freakazoid was with the Animaniacs in this cartoon. It was a crossover. This is the first shared universe the Avengers totally stole it. They, yeah, they must have. They got it so from, from Animaniacs and Freakazoid. Freakazoid did it first. I do like, though, the, the last bit was a really short one. It was where Freakazoid was fighting the Lobe. The Lobe is supposed to be his arch nemesis, and he's basically just like a scientist with a giant brain for a head. What I love about the Lobe <laughs> is that he's got a giant brain, and he's seemingly highly intelligent, but he has very low self-esteem. Because, yeah, he does. Because at, at one point, uh, Freakazoid, I don't know if it's this episode, but at one point, Freakazoid insults his plan, and that talks him out of it. Like, he, his feelings are hurt. There's a good joke in there where they were like, um, well, Freakazoid was talking about getting his new um, sidekick. Or something, which was just he drew a face on his hand and is having his hand talk like a hand puppet. Yeah. And they're just, they're talking back and forth, and the lobe's finally like, oh, just stop. This is stupid. <laughs> That's just a hand. And just the way he says it, like, just stop. Yeah. Just cracked me up because he was just like so impatient. He's just, no, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, like even he's <laughs> frustrated with Freakazoid now. I think. That's one of Freakazoid's powers is to frustrate the enemy to the point oh, of yeah, submission. Absolutely. The the main part of this um handman, which is, you know, Freakazoid's well, it's Freakazoid's right hand, but it's also man. his assistant, <laughs> his right hand man, yeah, his yeah. sidekick. That he marries Freakazoid's left hand. Oh god. I I don't know what the name what he named the left hand, but it's just something like hand debt or something yeah, stupid. Yeah, something dumb. Know. That was that part was stupid. <laughs> Maybe hand woman, and yeah, that lasts a really long time though. Oh my god! Like I know. that that takes up a huge chunk. It's like five it's, minutes of that. <laughs> it really is. Of um, just his hands his like hands kissing, kissing, and then getting married, <laughs> and then kissing some more, and then going through an entire scene of that. And that's the point where I'm like, just like the other parts where he's singing songs and stuff, like were annoying me. I was like, man, come on, just wrap this up. <laughs> like this could have been so much better if you just made it a quick gag, but instead it turned into a, a thing. And that's where it became like they overdid right. it, I think, on that part. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. So that brings us to the second episode, which was chosen by Chris. And I'll ask him why in a second. Candlejack slash Toby Danger and Doomsday Bet. Slash the lobe season one episode two. Chris, why'd you choose this one? Uh, basically, just because uh, Candle Jack, I think, is like one of my favorite characters of all time. Like he just cracks me up, especially because like he's only effective if people say his name, and they always like they always say it by accident, and then he just keeps showing up and snatching people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what his his main like motive is, but his his thing I think is he's to just like a. 
He's like a creepy fairy tale-ish kind of like yeah. urban legend thing. Like if you say his name, like a kid says his name, then he shows up and ties him up with a rope and just carries him away. Yeah. Never to be seen again. I guess. Yeah, I guess that's what the kid says. You don't see it happen. At all. You see him get tied up and then they're all yep. just kind of in a line and he has to go like rent a bus or something <laughs> yeah. because he's never <laughs> captured that saying. many. He's never captured that many people at once. <laughs> Basically, like, everyone's stupid, and they keep saying his name, and at one point he's like, I'm gonna need more rope. Yeah. <laughs> Even comments on it where he's like, you're not a very bright bunch, are you? And <laughs> yeah. um, the, the thing that I remembered about this was, like, the Screamovision thing, mm. where they're like, this is presented in Screamovision. They basically give you cues when to scream, and you'll just hear a voice go, scream. Yeah. And then you just hear all these people screaming and stuff like that, like. The first clip is just like an old movie of this woman screaming with her hand over her face and stuff. And yeah, yeah, like I, I think that's funny. They do a couple episodes similar. There's one called like Relaxo Vision or something where I remember something like dire would be about to happen, then it would just show like an aquarium with fish, and it'd be playing this like really mellow music, like do 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 do, like elevator do, music. Do, do, do. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> um, but I, I always like those were my favorite jokes that they did in this show. So I had to pick one and I love Candle Jack. So I definitely wanted to to get one with him in it. So I obviously picked this one because of that. I like how it starts where they're around the campfire and they're trying to tell scary stories. <laughs> and the kids are just like, and everything turned to wood. And yeah. the kids are like, <gasps> yeah. And then I, I like the girl where she's like, the scariest thing in the world is when you reach for something and then it's not there. And they're like, huh? And then she's like, because it got turned into wood. And then they're like, huh? <laughs> right. And Freakazoid's like, I think the scariest thing that could ever happen is if they gave Sinbad another TV show. Oh, and all yeah. the kids like scream hysterically and run away, <laughs> like go hide inside their cabins. Yeah. You see, like, Freakazoid talked to his girlfriend, Seth, for a little bit. But then it cuts back into the cabin when they're about to actually start the Candle Jack stuff. And I love this little kid because he sounds so sincere. And he's like, you you don't believe all that stuff about Sinbad <laughs> getting another TV show, do you? <laughs> the other kid's just like, no, no. Nah. The network has precautions to prevent that sort of thing. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, where the first episode was a bunch of really silly stuff. Like, I feel like this episode had a lot of really good jokes in it. Yeah, I, I it agree. Just, it was much more clever. This, the first episode overdid it a lot for me, but this episode really kind of dialed it down and made yeah. the jokes actually stick. Made me laugh a few times, definitely. Right. And then this one was where um, Cosgrove took him to that fair. Oh, the honey fair. The, the honey festival or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honey festival. <laughs> and they're drinking like some sort of honey drink and Cosgrove has like um, this thing on his head with little bee antennas like on springs sticking yeah. off his head. <laughs> But it's really funny because they'll, like, cut to other people, like, narrators, or, like, um, they have this scientist talking about how preposterous it is that a being called Candle Jack could exist and stuff. And every time one of them says the names, Candle Jack shows up and they get taken. Yeah. It just keeps happening. What's <laughs> good about that, what I, what I really appreciated was the fact that they kept that in as part of the continuation of the Candle Jack story yeah. because... You saw that guy later tied up in the background as part of his group. Right. Like at the end of that part of the episode. Yeah. He's like that scientist is stuck in there. Yeah. He's still with all there. the kids like in a cage or something. <laughs> One of Candlejack's weaknesses is he's very attracted to the smell of pie. 
That, yeah, that's true. And that is how, and how he's inevitably captured. Freakazoid builds a trap and puts pie in it. <laughs> a very poorly built trap, but there is yeah. pie, so it works. But it, so it worked, yeah. Yeah, my favorite part of this episode, I think, and maybe the series that I saw as a whole was this next part, the Toby <laughs> Danger, which is, it, it's like a, I mean, this was like a really short segment, but it was um, in the vein of Johnny Quest, very much Johnny Quest-ish. Yeah. What's great about that is that Toby Danger and Dr. Vernon Danger are played by Scott Minville and Don Messick, respectively. And those characters are spoofs of Johnny Quest and Dr. Benton Quest from Johnny Quest, who were also respectively voiced by Minville and Messick. So they have the original Johnny Quest nice. and uh, Dr. Quest playing these voices, too. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you remember what the name of the guy is that was supposed to be the spoof of Race Bannon? Yes, I, I, yes I do. It was, um, uh, I had it. Oh, Dash O'Pepper. Oh, that's right. Dash O'Pepper. He was funny because like through the entire bit, he's always throwing barrels at people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like robots and like he just always has a barrel for some reason well, and just throws it. Because Race Bannon is, you know, he's action oriented. He's right. the action oriented guy. But in this case, like they overdo it with Dash O'Pepper and he's constantly like putting his life at risk and <laughs> jumping out of things and throwing things at people. It kind of reminded me of Venture Brothers in that way, too, because Venture yep. Brothers is also a spoof in the same vein. Mm -hmm. But this, like, predates Venture Brothers by, like, a decade or something, so... Yeah, this was kind of like a, a predecessor to Venture Brothers in that way. Exactly. And, and it, it's so funny. I loved that whole <laughs> that whole thing. <laughs> I liked how Toby Danger kept trying to sneak into that nightclub or that casino. <laughs> yeah. At first, he was dressed up like Mr. Peanut. <laughs> and he's like, no, I am the real Mr. Peanut, I swear. <laughs> oh. That was good. Basically, so what happens is, um, I don't even remember exactly how it starts, but aren't they on like a flying city? Or something. They're like, wow, this new flying city is great or something. And then they're like individually riding on slabs of sidewalk that like fly through the air. Yeah. Yeah. Before that even happens, the way that it sets off is like these guys unleash like a power Sorry. circuit monster or something by turning the power on too high or something like that. Oh, yeah. It's, it makes some sort of like robot uh -huh. kind of creature thing. Oh, this was done by Dr. Sin, who is the uh, arch enemy right. of Dr. Toby Danger. Sin. Yeah. <laughs> they go out and they scope out like the, the place where the, the robot came from and it's all destroyed. And the doctor's like, by my calculations, I think he's going to attack Las Vegas. And they're like, how do you know? And he's like, because it's right there. And they'd pan over and like Las Vegas is literally right next to where they are. Oh, and I the monster's just over there already destroying all the hotels. <laughs> I did like that because that carried on into the next scene, too, where he was like, uh, I think they're going to attack this building next. And they're like, how do you know? It's because all the other buildings around are destroyed. <laughs> yeah, it's the only one left. Yeah. I like how they, they go there first. And they're, they, they're going to stop this thing, but first they got to check into their hotel. <laughs> so they like take all this time to check in and they're getting their bags up to their room. And, you know, Toby's trying to sneak into the casino, uh, the club and all that stuff. Oh, my God. It was just <laughs> hilarious. The scream that they kept doing during this episode was like, aye. <laughs> like the crowd kept doing that scream. Yeah. Um, oh, man. At one point. So Dr. Quest is having to sap a lot of electricity to power his machine that is fighting this robot. And so at first it puts out the electricity at the airport and then it puts out the electricity in this nightclub where this kind of a guy who's like Ray Charles is playing. Oh, yeah. And 
because because he's blind, like the lights going out does not stop his performance at all. He doesn't notice. He just keeps playing. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of a clever little thing that they threw in. They don't mention it at all and they don't, they don't elaborate, but you kind of just pick it up right away and it's like, oh, that's pretty funny. (laughs) I think one of the, one of the best parts is towards the end where the showdown is, is finally happening and Dash is on the top of the robot with Dr. Sin and the robots pretty much like shut down. It can't do anything. And Dr. Sin's like all, but like given up and there's kind of a pause. And then dash just kicks him right in the face (laughs) and like knocks him off the robot. Yeah. (laughs) It's like so hard too. They make it look so painful. (laughs) I like how in that part before that dash throws that barrel at the oh, robot's yeah, face at the robot yeah. yeah he's just always throwing he even throws a whenever um was it toby's sister is in the casino and somebody starts giving her trouble he just throws a barrel and hits the oh it's because toby gets put in like a jail oh, that's when she's like all right i'm gonna roll she's the dice to and if i win toby goes free and if you win yeah. you can keep him and then she rolls the dice and all of a sudden Dash just he's just like, heads up, you heathen monkeys, and throws a barrel at him at the table. And it breaks no the table in half. Yeah. The dice go flying everywhere. Uh, this is, oh, it's just so over the top. That, that was, it was perfect. That this is a show that I wish I mean, it, it did continue on as Venture Brothers later. Yeah. I mean, not directly, but basically but that's pretty much where it came from yeah but that is a show that i would love to see more of oh yeah i would like i think that would be you know i love freakazoid but i could watch seasons of that seasons of toby danger yeah that'd be awesome love to see more toby danger (laughs) well i guess that jumps us over to the last part of that episode which is the lobe where freakazoid is getting a lobotomy or about to get a lobotomy in front of a giant crowd of people or giant crowd of villains it's real short, and all it is is the lobe is saying he's going to see what makes Freakazoid tick. And, of course, that opens up for a gag where he opens his head up and there's a bomb inside, a ticking bomb. A ticking bomb. <laughs> and then I think even Freakazoid, I think, even explains the joke after it happens. Yep. yep. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just, like, darts away and yep. explosion. And I think that's the end of the episode, right? It, it is. Poor lobe. For an arch nemesis, he's really not very effective. He isn't, but he's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I love his low (laughs) (laughs) self-esteem. This jumps us over to the last episode that we watched for today's show, The Wrath of Gutierrez, Season 1, Episode 13, which is the highest rated episode, and I think understandably so. But this one was actually a full episode of just this. Like, there were no segments. It was all one portion. Where right. evil computer genius Armando Gutierrez finds a way into the internet and Freak must defeat his powerful enemy. So basically he becomes like Freakazoid. You know, he he becomes all blue. He's got the crazy hair. Mm. But it's kind of in reverse. Like he's wearing reversed, um, like different colors. And his hair is white with a black bolt instead of black with a white yeah. bolt. And he's muscular. Yeah, he repeats the the keystrokes that I mentioned earlier in the episodes. So if you want to become yeah. like Gutierrez, insert those. And hit delete. Or just have your cat do it. Whatever. Oh, but this episode does start out with a bit before we get into that thing that I thought was really funny. With that that villain deadpan. Oh, yeah. This woman who can change her face to look like anyone she wants. So she explains... (laughs) 
And she's very deadpan when she talks, hence her name. And she explains her plan to impersonate Freakazoid and then take over Washington, D.C. and no one will notice. So she makes her face look like Freakazoid and she's wearing his costume. And then she's like, haha, no one will notice. And then Freakazoid walks by and he's like, hey, deadpan. <laughs> she's like, rats. Never and then she mind. goes, oh, never mind. Yep. <laughs> and then just, that's it. Uh, one, done. Of, one of the faces that she turns into, well, she turns into Barbara Streisand, she turns into Princess Diana, yeah. but she also turns into Hillary Clinton at one point. Oh, yeah. So that makes it kind of a modern thing also, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still like, it, it's, it's still, still relevant, relevant in a way. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get to the Gutierrez thing. And so Gutierrez is in a prison, and he, but he pretty much is telling the warden to get him the internet so he can play his games <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Like, he just demands whatever he wants, and the warden just kind of cows to him. So then it goes to um, Freakazoid and Cosgrove are one of those medieval knights jousting tournaments where you're, like, eating the food in the stands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cosgrove's just, just like, I love jousting. He's just the best character ever. <laughs> he is. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He said, you know, I love jousting so much, I wish I could marry it. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I wish I could marry Jousting. Oh, my God. And he also mentions Star Wars at, at one point in this episode. He does. And then he mentions another movie um, at the end. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. <laughs> he, he's a yeah. Cosgrove is very into like movies and pop culture, like which he subtly like he'll give hints every once in a while because he's always talking about movies. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's not the first time that. One of these episodes ends with a gag where he's like, I've got one question. Then he'll ask some sort of pop culture reference or movie reference oh, that has nothing to do with the episode whatsoever. <laughs> Real quick, when he took. Okay, so when they're at the Justin tournament, Freakazoid starts like literally freaking out like he's almost glitching in a way. So Cosgrove takes him to the hospital. And when the doctor's like, I'm not sure what's wrong, he seems fine. Cosgrove's like, why don't you put some leeches on him? <laughs> and he's like, like <laughs> yeah. I've got some in my car if he needs some. It's <laughs> <laughs> just down. so random. <laughs> and before he gets him to the hospital, too, he stops to get some fast food. <laughs> and he's even telling the people oh. in the fast food, he's like, and make it snappy. I got to get Freakazoid to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like, he uh, forgets to ask for something and he goes back. Yeah. And, like, Orders something else and then drives him to yeah. the hospital. Okay, that's a good example of what the first episode should have done, where yes. it's carrying on something for a little long, but in a funny way. Like, the yeah. length of this made it funnier, not too long to where it wasn't funny anymore. Right. So, I, I really like that part, too. <laughs> um, so, basically, they... they well, they, they introduce uh, Roddy in here. Like, he's obviously already been seen a few times in the show. Mm -hmm. That's the first time that we saw him in these episodes. And Roddy's basically like a mentor sort of to Freakazoid. Yeah, he's like the Obi-Wan yeah. Freakazoid. And he's just a really angry, like, Scottish dude, basically. And I think at some point, he becomes like Freakazoid also, I mm. think. So he's like a Scottish Freakazoid thing, like, <laughs> later on. But yeah, he goes and just ends up living in the internet and stuff. So, so Yeah, so what Roddy has to do is sneak Freakazoid into... Well, Roddy is like the master of cruddy exposition, or he's always made to explain the episode out. So what's right. happened is that Gutierrez is inside of the internet messing with Freakazoid's like a uh, 
power. Um, yeah. yeah, he was like messing with with um, the power that Freakazoid has, and like basically he was kind of draining him of his energy. Yeah, basically. So the only way to stop him was for Freakazoid to go into the internet and confront him. And Roddy was trying to help first before Freakazoid had to go in, but he got shut out of the internet. <laughs> yeah, because I guess you can do that. So then he tells Freakazoid, like, he based that Gutierrez basically sent out an invitation for, like, a showdown and that he's the only one that can get in. So he gets Freakazoid into the internet um, where he confronts him. And what I like is that when they first go in, they do, like, this parody of 2001 Space Odyssey where they're, like, in that scene in the, like, house thing and the guy in the spacesuit's just standing there and Freakazoid's facing, facing him and the guy's just breathing. <laughs> And it's just, you know, that really weird, eerie, creepy scene. But then he's like, can you tell me where the bathroom is? And Freakazoid's like, I don't know. <laughs> and the guy's yeah. like, shoot. And then just walks away. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I like is that Freakazoid constantly calls Gutierrez a weenie. That's exactly what I was about to say. He's always like, I'm not the weenie. You're the weenie. <laughs> a weenie. You are the weenie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, yeah, he's t- he takes so much offense to that. It's great. <laughs> His other fun thing is like Gutierrez when he laughs about something maniacally, he goes, "Laugh with me, laugh with me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> what, so it's oh, okay. Almost like if you've ever seen the the show reboot, what happens yeah. is that Gutierrez puts Freakazoid inside of a game, uh, a game called the Amazing Castle game, one that he plays <laughs> in prison and. <laughs> What he's having to do is go and hunt down these random the items objects. and these solve these puzzles. It's a it's a puzzle type game in order to find the key to unlock this bracelet that Gutierrez forces him to put on that will delete him Destroy from him. existence. Yeah. So like he goes through the things and of course, because he's the hero, he finds everything and he gets the brace off in time, but then it leaves them to like fight. And I don't remember exactly what happens, but Gutierrez, like, eventually, like, falls, and he's hanging on by one hand, and he's trying to plead with Freakazoid, and he's like, would you let your father fall? And Freakazoid's like, you're my father? And he's like, (laughs) uh, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, then who's my mother? He's, (laughs) and he starts naming random women. Just like, yeah, random celebrities and stuff like that. And he's like, no, I don't think so. Uh, yeah so that's good and then basically Gutierrez finally falls and we're left with um you know he gets Freakazoid gets reunited with like Roddy and Cosgrove and they're um walking somewhere and Cosgrove's like you know asking him questions about what happened to Gutierrez and he's like I've just got one question in that movie Congo how do you tell which one's a monkey and which one's a guy in a monkey suit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just ends with them watching the movie Congo and Cosgrove's trying to guess and he's just constantly getting it wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, that yeah. was good stuff. That was pretty That was pretty funny, the end of that one. But um, looks like it's about time we let our inner kids freak out and see what they thought of Freakazoid. All right, I typed in the sequence. I'm going to hit delete and get my little guy out here. Freakazoid is one of the best heroes ever because he gets to wear pajamas whenever he wants to and he has lightning bolt hair and pretty girlfriends even though she probably has cooties. But Freakazoid does get annoying sometimes when he sings but the villains are really funny and they are my favorite part. So I gave this show four bowls of freakout cereal out of five. Joseph, who's your favorite bad guy? Mine was Candle Jack. But don't say his name because then he... No! No! Ah, this sucks!
He smells like wet hay and cigarettes. Uh, Chris, are you okay? Uh, oh well. After watching even an episode or two of Freakazoid, it was very apparent how heavily it relied on slapstick and breaking the fourth wall. Almost too heavily. I get what it was going for, and don't get me wrong, there were parts that did make me laugh. The real standout characters being Cosgrove and the whole Toby Danger bit. But I also felt that it borrowed a bit too much from its predecessors. Given the choice between watching the rest of Freakazoid and trying to figure out whether the monkeys on Congo were real or just guys in suits, I'd probably opt for the latter. I'll give Freakazoid three big bowls of candy Applejack cereal out of five. I didn't dislike it, but I don't think I'll be jumping on the cult bandwagon anytime soon either. Freakin! Good job, kids. And, well, I don't know what happened to my kid. Obviously, he's still alive because I would be gone. So, do you have any final thoughts on Freakazoid? Uh, final thoughts. I mean, kind of like the kids said, I thought it was okay. There were some standout parts and maybe I just got really tarnished by the first episode, I guess hitting my wrong button so hard, but the, uh, the rest of it. Yeah, it was good. There were some really funny parts in the last episode as well. And the second episode, I enjoyed all the segments of it. So it could be unfair to judge it based on just those three, but this is what we had. But if it continued based on what the second episode had to offer, then I think I could probably up it a few points and I would probably enjoy it a whole lot more. But if we get more of what the first episode gave us and it's just not the show for me. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, that first episode was kind of a train wreck, uh, but the other two were pretty good. And I, from what I remember, most of the show was more similar to those other two episodes. Um, especially like the Screamo Vision thing, like I said, they did a couple different versions or different takes on that sort of idea, and some of them would play out throughout the entire episode. Mm. It would just keep revisiting that stuff, and I always thought that was really funny. But you know, I enjoyed it. Freakazoid to me is kind of like kid-friendly Deadpool. Like he's just absolutely ridiculous and funny. And I just now realized that I, I swear to God, the Incredibles suits are based off of Freakazoid's suit. Because it's pretty much just the red pajamas with that like black and yellow icon in the middle, and the and that villain's hair kind of looks like Freakazoids, if I remember right. You know what? Sort of, uh, like, the style. Something else, just to point out real quick, is that Freakazoid's suit, and I guess Freakazoid in general, his character, a lot of it was inspired by Madman. Uh, it was an image comic made by Mike Allred. Huh. And there weren't ever like legal pursuits of it. But Bruce Tim initially came to Mike Allred and said that, you know, he was heavily inspired by Mad Men when right. making Freakazoid. Mike Allred was upset that he never got any credit for oh. or inspired by things. Right. And the main stick out being the exclamation point on his chest. And that's right. what kind of really, I guess, upsets Mike Allred to this day. It's kind of a crazy thing. I mean, it's not, it wasn't a huge deal, obviously, because there was no lawsuit or right. anything, but it was something that definitely annoys him. I could see that. I and mean, maybe the Incredibles are more based from that thing than Freakazoid, but there's a big, like, there's a lot of similarities there. But anyway, even though, like, Freakazoid is the main character, my favorite part about it was more of, like, the villains. Kind of like Batman has the cool rogues gallery. This one had just a whole, like, basically that same thing, but all the villains were just really goofy and hilarious. Caveman was hilarious. The Lobe is awesome. And like Little Chris mentioned, my favorite one was Candlejack. And, oh crap, I said his name. You already stole the younger me, doesn't that count? Son of a... Okay, well, anything else about Freakazoid? Nope. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching... 
Arthur! Seriously, can someone, like, get me out of this rope? Uh, once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you, or at least I will, next Saturday. Oh. Presented by NerdSloth. A place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.